Hello, everyone, and uh, welcome to episode eight of Agile Meridian's Agile Short Series. Uh, today, we're talking about a topic that actually uh, I wrote about on a blog uh, some time ago and, and recently, a couple of weeks ago, uh, on our Agile Meridian LinkedIn site. And um, it talks about an, an adaptive and a blended approach, and it's really about towards learning period. Um, you know, we talk about it a lot specifically in terms of learning lean and agile, op, you know, organizational design, a lot of systems thinking stuff, but it really works for, for modern mm -hmm. learning as a whole. And uh, what we thought we would do today is talk about, and, and I wanted to get uh, from my partners at Agile Meridian, I wanted to get some experiences that they had, have them talk about what this means to them. What does it mean to have an adaptive and, and, and a blended approach towards learning? And, and how does it help organizations? And then give them maybe an example of, of some of those successes that they've seen uh, in, in using this, this method or this approach towards learning and towards integrating and, and injecting learning into an organization so that it can be utilized and captured and the value and, and the retention can be immediately seen and, and started to be realized. So welcome everybody, welcome Kumar, welcome Jolly. Uh, it's great to have you here today. Thanks Mike. Thanks Mike. So, um, so let's talk about this a little bit, um, Jolly. We'll, we'll go ahead and start with you. You know, yeah. talk about some of the uh, what this. What does this mean to you? This adaptive, blended approach, and, and what is it? And, and what have you seen in terms of um, uh, approaches that you've seen or, or even used with other organizations in terms of leveraging an adaptive and blended approach towards adopting something new or towards bringing in something new? Yeah, I mean, and, and one of the first things that I always talk about with my with my clients, with my friends, with people who I work with, is the first principle of Kanban. By now, everyone knows that I'm a bit of a Kanban fanboy. But the first principle is start where you are, right? It, it doesn't say go from zero to ten in, in, a, in, a, in a month or in, in three months, in six months. It says start where you are and, and figure out an adaptive approach that works for you, given your context, right? And, and the most a uh, useful approach that I have seen and the most workable approach I have seen is to have like an experimental mindset. So to run some experiments, run some small experiments, see what it gets you, learn from it, maybe measure it if there are some metrics associated with it, and then adapt your approach continuously. Have that continuous improvement going with an experimental mindset behind it. Uh, so it requires a few things to be in place. It requires some level of safety so that the people are free to experiment and don't get judged by some failures that they have. Uh, and, and also that learning mindset of continuously learning along the way. Absolutely. So it sounds like it sounds like environment has a lot to do with this, right? An environment that promotes this continuous learning, the ability to experiment, um, starting situationally and contextually where you are and not just dropping what you've done or starting right in, but bringing that forward with you as part of what you're doing and blending that in to, right. to, to the new, right? Blending where you are and what you've done and then carrying that forward as part of it. That's excellent. Jolly, or I'm sorry, uh, Kumar. <laughs> I got my uh, got my eyes jumping around the screen a little bit. Um, what look are, like, what I know. you've seen out there of, of this as well? Yeah, I, you know, I, I, I echo what um, Jolly was saying earlier. It's about starting where you are and, and applying, you know, practicing that adaptive muscle, right? It's not an easy thing to do in most organizations. Things are fairly rigid and, um, you know, things work a certain way, right? Things just don't work that way around here. And that's often what I hear 
as a, as a coach going into an organization. Well, Kumar, you just don't understand. That's just not how it works around here. And so that's through, I'd, I'd say, um, a long, it's a culture, right? It doesn't allow for that, that safety that uh, Jolly that you were talking about, safety to, to experiment. Um, I, I, I forget, what was your question? <laughs> So, so what are what are some examples or an example that you've seen uh, similar to what Jolly's seen in terms of a way that an organization you've worked with in the past has successfully been able to blend and adapt to what the, where they were and their new learnings or the change that they wanted to implement? Um, how did that happen and, and exactly what did they do? Because I think you're right. The environment is key in this, right? And how did they impact that environment? And, and what were the results that, that you saw from that? Yeah, I'll just share an experience with a former client and I was working with a division uh, and their leadership team. And it, it's, you know, a, a, an organization has been around for probably 100 years. And and so they were told, hey, we're going to go agile and here's your coach. And the first thing they did was uh, say, OK, Kumar, uh, I guess you're going to help us implement JIRA uh, and the tools to track the work that we do. And, um, you know, because that's what they knew, right? Uh, and so it, through the course of conversation over the next several weeks, it was more about, hey, what's, what's, what's in your way? What, what are the blockers? What are the challenges that you face? And instilling them in them that experimentation mindset to be open to um, uh, change, to be open to trying some things that fit within the culture, within the climate in that department, that division really, that they could start to experiment with, right? So being adaptable, blending approaches from from different frameworks. It's it's not about um, Scrum necessarily that was going to work for them because they're this division was more an operations uh, group, right? They uh, they they were business facing, uh, customer facing, uh, and so for them Scrum wouldn't work anyway. So it was really about about understanding the situation on the ground for them, their challenges their opportunities for growth and then and then having them think through well what would work better what are these con the constraints that are in front of us and how can we uh use approaches from different frameworks perhaps or just things we already know that we've just forgotten because the culture has been uh less than supportive of trying new things and i will say that they they um I won't say who it was, but they made some incredible strides in adopting some patterns from uh, from Xscale, for instance, things like leadership as a service and the uh, directly responsible individuals, adapting those patterns to the, the way they led and managed and supported their teams. Um, and they re realized some really impressive business outcomes in, in, in terms of their process their process time for one of their operational um, uh, events went down by 20%, which is significant, right? Because it had a, it had a, um, an impact on both their upstream people that were feeding them information. And of course, downstream people that were consuming information, 20% reduction meant that they were now starting to clamor for, for more stuff upstream, like, Hey, we're ready. Give us more. And those people that were upstream, like, hey, what's going on with you guys? How 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 could you possibly be ready so soon, right? So it had some it had some real real effects on them. So it was that adaptive, uh, blended approach that they used 
that allowed them to realize those types of gains. Very much a lean mindset, right? What what, what Jolly what you were talking about? Yeah, yeah. And just just to add a little one more example to that to that list, um, I, I was working with a client a couple of years ago. Uh, they they started off this program as a couple of teams, and and then they started growing like to three teams to four teams, and before you knew it, they had uh, like a big program of six teams, and and they were finding it difficult uh, to to coordinate across and to solve dependencies, impediments across these six teams, uh, just beyond a scrum of scrums. And one of the first instincts is, okay, let's go uh, to a bigger scaling framework. We'll take any of the examples, like safe, dad, less, any of the scaling frameworks. But what they decided to do was they, before going to a three month planning window or, or more, what they decided to experiment with and was to have a one month planning window. It's more than two weeks, which is a sprint. It is less than three months, which is way too long. And that really worked for them. Uh, and they tried that experiment for uh, a quarter. So they did three of those plannings. And it found out that they really worked across those six teams. And they still continue it. And it's been two or three years since, uh, which is pretty awesome. So um, it, it's not always necessary that you take that big shift. Try small shifts and, and see where you get to. Uh, that that's excellent, and and I think that the uh, the ability to experiment like that, and having having the having that support um, from from whatever organizational entity they were working with was was really critical. Um, to your point, that 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 goes right back to blended and adaptable, right? Because they took current state and realized, hey, three months is too long, one month or one week is too short, whatever, and, and that's and that's the case. And so how would you both, how would you, if you were talking to someone and they said, I, I want to be able to build this environment, to have at least a runway, some time to be able to put together um, a, a, an approach for us to experiment, to be able to try these things in, in a risk conscious way um, and, and with with measurables around it to be able to show, uh, like I, or Kumar, I loved your examples because they were able to show measurable improvement, right? And they could show when they started to see that measurable improvement. That's, that says a lot inside an organization when someone inside the organization is doing it versus mm -hmm. when someone like us from outside the organization is saying someone did it, but it hasn't happened there yet. I think that that's really critical. When you think about someone that's starting on this uh, journey to try to use an adaptive or blended approach, or maybe they're in the middle of something now, how would you, what would you tell them that they really need to do in order to get that environmental space and that time that to, to build the runway to start to launch whatever it is that they want to launch, the new types of ways of working or approaches? Yeah, for me, I think the biggest constraint, bottleneck and um, changing mindsets is, it, it are, I should say are, the, the meeting culture that drives everything uh, in corporate America, uh, in the corporate world in general. It, you know, and it, it, I think it's been exacerbated by this pandemic that we're in. It's like we're moving from meeting to meeting to meeting to meeting to meeting every day, all day with no breaks or very few breaks, you know, just enough time to maybe uh, get, get your bio, bios uh, uh, refreshed. <laughs> and that's about it. So I think the first step, at least, what I've seen work uh, is to inventory all the meetings that people go to and try to capture um, 
uh, capture time back, right? Do, does everyone need to go to every meeting? Um, uh, and and that that just that inventorying. So for a leadership team, if they find that they're going to lots of common meetings, and they designate a DRI from their group to represent them, there's a time saving right there. And and on average, I've seen leadership teams save you know 10 to 15 hours a week. It's huge. They're gaining half their week back. Yes. That's a that's it's it's a huge impact. And and that's what we did with this team um at, at this client. That's what I've that's what we try to do, at least I try to do, and I know you guys do too, with your clients is hey, where can we find time yeah. where where you're not in meetings all the time? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and to add on to that, and this might be a little bit more abstract than the very tangible example that Kumar gave. Uh we talked about safety before. The fact that uh, you know you, the team or people need to be safe to experiment and and figure out what works for them in a blended approach. Uh, what goes along with that safety is trust, right? I I, I have this catchphrase kind of coin, which is you know trust your team. If you cannot trust your team, go build a team you can trust, right? Mm -hmm. So as a leader, most leaders are in that position. If you you will have a team. And if you cannot trust them, you are directly responsible to go and build one you can actually trust. Uh, those go, kind of go hand in hand. Build the trust, build the safety around it, and then you have an environment where these kind of incremental, iterative, and experimental approaches can actually work. Yeah, yeah I think those are those are great suggestions. And, and to your point, having having the psychological safety and the and the political safety to be able to try things out and having time to not only learn but to adapt to adopt the learnings themselves. Mm -hmm. That takes it takes energy, it takes time. Yeah. So I think those are two great places to focus in, in helping folks figure out do you have these things or can you find these things? Can you get that structure around there? Because if you are, you've got the building blocks of the starting of being able to execute in a in an adaptable and blended way towards your change management towards your learning towards innovation or whatever it is you want to do so i think it's great in, any last uh, comments from from either one of you on, on this topic before we uh, leave for today i have one and that's just when as we started talking about this adaptive blended approach to uh to achieving results and you know change and things the one thing that kept coming back to me was was Peter Senge's uh, five disciplines of uh, uh, what does he call it? Five disciplines of a learning organization, right? So if we want to create a learning organization, what do we need to focus on? And uh, in his in his book about this, he talks about personal mastery, right? So being able to really be the best as, that as that you can be at whatever it is that you do, right? Whether it's leading or doing. Uh, either way, right? So mental models, being aware of your mental models, being aware of others' mental models and how they can impact how you think about certain things, uh, building a shared vision, right? So to your point, Jolly, about um, if you can't trust your team, go build a team you can trust. Part of that is having that shared vision. Uh, team learning, right? How does a team learn and grow together? Again, back to your point, Jolly, about sort of those small experiments, right? Teams learn through experimentation and safety. And so as leaders, I think being able to provide that environment and culture for team learning is, is hugely important. And then finally, the, the final discipline that ties them all together is systems thinking, 
right? It integrates these other four. And I think these, these, uh, this, this model really encapsulates this adaptive blended approach to, uh, to learning, the flow of learning, um, at least to, for me, it does. So that was, that's my final thought. Fantastic. I echo whatever Kumar said. <laughs> <laughs> Mic drop, boom. There you go, exactly. Oh, fist bump across, across the country. Well, this has been great. Thank you, everybody, uh, for attending. Uh, thank you, Jolly and Kumar, uh, for your input. That's great advice, some great places to start, some things to think about. Do we have these two things in place? Do we have others in place? Um, and feel free to check out the blog and then start to look into those things like, like um, uh, those five habits, those five disciplines of, of, of learning organization, right? So um, once again, thanks again for Agile Meridian. I'm Mike Jebber, Jolly and Kumar. Have a great day, everyone. See you all in a couple of weeks. Bye. Bye. Bye.